0: Hi, hello. How are all of you? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I just, I just want to wish all my listeners a very happy 420. And now, most of you will get that reference. Some people might not, and then you're probably living under a rock, um, and you're like, "What's 420?" Well, today is April 20th. You know, 420. And also, it's a very, very popular reference. To weed. And now you might be thinking, Kelly, I don't get it. I work in the cannabis industry. Which is funny because I do not consume cannabis in any form. Um, which is like half a lie. I've used a CBD products. I have this like balm you can put on muscles. I find for me it works. I like to, um before I donate platelets, I rub it on the inside of my arms before I go in so when they poke me with the needle and then after sitting there for close to two and a half hours I can't feel my arms anymore but at least it's not painful and then the company I work for they don't make them but the dispensary sells these CBD pre-rolls they're pretty good the aftertaste I don't recommend but that it could be because it's CBD and not THC which is what gives you the high but I thought today would be fun to like you know give you a brief again brief history of 420 and kind of like its origin story of where it came from because I was talking to some people at work and they didn't fully know what it meant but you know today is a big day in the cannabis industry it is like if you work in regular retail for soft goods, electronics, any other retail that is not food service or like a grocery store, it I want to say it's like their Black Friday. So like I get the hype behind it because Black Friday, when I was working, my regular retail job was one of the biggest days because you're going to sell, 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 great deals. We love it. In the cannabis industry, that is 420. And I did again, I didn't know much about it. I also know very little about cannabis itself. So I thought, again, I would do like a fun little brief history and then maybe share my insights on it from like what I do in my job. Since I don't work in the dispensary end, I work in the growery end, which is really cool. But I found an article, and I will share the link on the Instagram stories. And if you don't follow us on Instagram, I don't know what you're doing. It is something dot podcast on Instagram. If you want, you can also follow myself. It's Schly underscore guy, S-C-H-L-E-Y underscore guy. Um, I am more unhinged on my Instagram than I am the podcast Instagram. So just, you know, fair warning but it all started back in 1971. It was traced to a group of five students from San Rafael High School in Marin County, California, which like totally makes sense. Uh, They began meeting at 4.20 p.m. to, you know, smoke a little weed. The actual number of 4.20 didn't mean much to them it's just when they could get together after extracurricular activities whether it be a sport or like a club or just something they had to do after school that was the soonest they could get together the five members of the group included steve capper dave reddix jeffrey noel larry schwartz and mark gravich Those were the five that met up together. They knew going into it at the time in the 70s that this was like highly illegal at the time. So they started using 420 as a code to let's go get high after class. And then, you know, years later after they've graduated, maybe they went to college, maybe they didn't. Who knows? It was the 70s. You didn't really need a college degree. Not that you need one now. I have a degree in history. And I'm currently not using it at my job. Um, I'm kind of using it now because I went and did the research and took these notes. So, like, I'm kind of using it, but also kind of not. And it all depends on the field you're in. If you're a doctor, you should have a history degree. If you're trimming weed like I am, you you don't really need it. Again, depends on the job. Uh, Years later, one of the members of the group, Reddick's, He actually got a job working as a roadie for the Grateful Dead bassist. Phil Lesh, Leash, Lesh, that's pretty cool. And that is probably how the word spread even bigger, you know, because there are all the deadheads, the Grateful Dead, I believe, I don't know if they're all dead or alive. Like I don't really listen to the Grateful Dead, but we all know Deep Purple. Uh, That song makes a lot more sense now if you really think about it. But in the 90s, uh, Grateful Deadheads, Grateful Dead Fans, Dead Heads, sorry about that. I am not high in the least. I am actually recording this uh, the day before 420, so I am hungry, and I'm also tired after working a full day with cannabis. You know, it all links together. So the Grateful Dead Fans were spreading the word of this ritual that, you know, The group had started and then Reddix had brought to the Grateful Dead. Um, They were distributing flyers and they were inviting people to come smoke with them on 420, April 20th at 4 p.m. And then the next year, uh, the magazine High Times had printed a copy of the flyer. And then from there, that's... When the association of 420 and smoking weed, consuming weed, whatever you want to do with weed, really spread globally. And then it just became iconic in America. Because if you say 420, people know nine times out of ten, you're referring to weed. And again, if they don't, you live under a rock. And then in 2009, the New York Times corroborated the history of 420 in Time Magazine with Stephen Hager a former editor of High Times and the significance that 420 had and how it dated back to the 70s when again full circle the five groups of teenagers in California got together and you know ripped a joint at 420 p.m. And that is the very brief history of 420. I will link the article in the Instagram stories. And I guess I can put it in the show notes if um, any of you read that. It's also reported in the CDC that marijuana is the most widely used illegal drug. And you might be thinking, is it illegal? In some states at the state level, it is not illegal anymore because depending on the state you live in or go to, marijuana is either legal for just medical use and you have to get a medical card through your doctor to get approved and then to enter the facility. You have to show your medical card to go in and buy the products. And then in some states like mine, it is legal for both adult use and um, medical use so we call it recreational here and in order to do that you buzz into the facility and you have to have an id to show you were above the age of 21 in order to go in and i believe you can only buy a certain amount when you're there for recreational i don't 100 percent know but i know there's like a limit for both or maybe I'm not 100% sure, but it is the most used illegal drug under federal law, probably because, you know, the other drugs like cocaine, fentanyl, you know, magic mushrooms, heroin are so expensive and they can really fuck you up. Marijuana, you know, for most people, it's, it's a nice high. They either get, you know, really hyped and that would be more of a sativa. Or they get really relaxed and mellowed out, which would be more of an indica. And then there are other hybrids. And some people react differently to them. And the two groups, sativa and indica, can mean nothing. Because I could, if I partook, I could smoke a sativa and go take a nap. And someone else could smoke a sativa and go run a marathon. It hypes them up and makes them really hungry They get the munchies. Indica means, you know, inda couch for some people, they might not get that feeling of relaxing and, you know, the munchies or an appetite suppressant. It might just relax them. It might then uh, get them out of their head. Everyone's going to react different, but that those are the two groups are sativa and indica. And then there are the different f- like flavors. There's like a citrus one, a piney one. I forget what they all are, but... Um, I, I 100% into research on that part. But I've noticed in my field of work that certain strains smell very different. Because I work with the strains after they've been harvested, and then we hang them and dry them, take them down, and I then go and trim them me and like the group of people that I work with one strain we have smells very much like anise or like black licorice kind of and I'm not a black ric- licorice fan but it is a very potent smell it's part of like the Durban family I don't fully know what that means but the Durban is one of like the predominant strains that was then crossbred with. So it's got a very unique smell. And it's a great I guess a lot of people really like it. It's a great smoke. I believe it is a sativa. And the people at work that have smoked it, whether it be the flower. Now the flower is when you go in and buy the weed. Like literally it's a nug of weed. I have gone in and trimmed it to make it look beautiful, to get rid of the stems and the fan leaves, make it look really nice. And then sometimes it'll get sent to, like, the lab where they'll make it into a butter or a batter. Which, in the containers, it looks like lip gloss. Like, that's all I could describe it as. And they'll also make the vapes out of it, the concentrates, the cartridges. I don't fully know what I'm saying, but, like, I've heard these words. And then some of the flour will get you know, crushed up into shake and that's what someone else will take and they'll roll their own joints. But sometimes we will also grind it up and make our own pre-rolls and then sell the pre-rolls, which I think personally is a great idea if you don't want to buy an eighth or, you know, a gram or an ounce, whatever an eighth is. Again, I don't fully know. I don't consume it. It's a great way, in my mind, if you want to try out a strain, but you don't want to drop all the money on buying the flour or the shake. I think our pre rolls are about 10 bucks. Um, and you can go in, buy one, and smoke it. And then if you don't like it, it's only $10 that you have wasted. It is not, you know, $30 or $40 you may have spent and now you don't like it, which would suck. Like, no one wants to buy something they don't like. It is nice to go in, you know, buy the one smoke it we love it and then there's another strain couple strains we have and I believe they're more of an indica if not a hybrid but they smell creamy and fruity and sweet one of them smells like fruit loops the cereal fruit loops you open it that's what it smells like it smells so good it's not always the best trim, but the smell is delicious. It makes me want cereal. So in my department, I work, I guess not all places have a post-harvest department. In my, I think it's unique within my company. So what I do is we have a harvest day and we'll go in and we're seeing the weed plant. It's in its little pot basin. We go in there, we cut the trellis off, which trellis is the fucking worst. I'm not even going to get started on it. Cut the trellis off and around and through the plant. And then we have to unweave the plant from the very top tier of trellis so it's still upright. And then we cut the plant as close to the base as possible. And you have a little skew tag with it that has to stay with the plant because we need to get the weights of everything because that's what the state wants and that's what we have to do. And then we hang it, it gets taken, and someone else then goes, scans that barcode, weighs the plant, moves the plant. And then next, after all the plant has been cut of that strain, because we keep it strain by strain, you don't want to mix it together, you want to keep them as separate as you can. We then take the whole plant we have since cut, we cut it shorter into more manageable lengths, And we hang it and it goes into a big dry room. Now think of like a beef jerkier. I don't know how else to describe it. And it will just suck all the moisture out of the plant to make it like the nice dry nug you will eventually buy or we take and create the pre-rolls and create the shake or the eighths or, you know, whatever. And that... The curing time, as they call it, can take anywhere between like a week to 10 days. Some plants are better at a week. Some plants are better at 10. And then some plants, honestly, we cut down and they look, they just don't look good, but they have a good smoke. So then we will make that a shake, make that a pre-roll because it just, it doesn't have an appetizing look in its little container. And I don't know how to explain an appetizing look. I, again, I don't smoke. But I can tell you what a beautiful nug looks like. What a, I can look at a plant and be like, that's beautiful. Or that one doesn't look the best. We're going to grind it up. Because people will be disappointed based off of the look. Because let's be real. We judge things based off of how they look. Before we dive in deep. We base people off their looks. I don't care who you are. You will judge a person by their cover. And then when you get to know them... You're like, oh, just kidding. They're not gross. They're not weird. They're not whatever. Because sometimes I can look like a troll, and then when you get to know me, you're like, wow, she's hilarious. Am I full of it? Yes, I am, and I know. I know I'm delusional, and I know I'm unhinged. I don't. I don't need to be told.
1: But then after
0: it has been, you know, curing for the seven to ten days, depending, yeah. we then go into the dry room, and we. Go strain by strain and we take them down and put them into giant plastic bags and then we put them into bins and we label them and you know they'll have um, abbreviations for what they are and then we bring them upstairs and then we start the process of sometimes we will go through and we'll sort them out and We'll cut the tops off because they're so nice. We can hand trim them. That's what you're going to get in your eighths. And you're going to be like, this is beautiful. And then the other stuff, we will shuck. And we'll clip it off the branch. And then that's what will get turned into the shake or the smalls. Or we'll get ground up and go into pre-rolls. And then sometimes it goes into a machine and it gets trimmed. And that's what becomes of the smalls because they're so hard to trim by hand that a machine just does it really quick. And it's it's just quick and easy and gets it done. And that's usually what will become the shake or ground into pre-rolls. And then the extra stuff that comes off of it, like the keef, which is the powdery kind of sugary substance on a nug when you're looking at it. We'll get sent to the lab and they'll do their magic. I don't know what goes on in the lab. You know, science shit with beakers and burners and butane and a freezer. I, I don't know. I don't work in the lab, but it's wild down there. And then, you know, we trim it up. And when we're done with it, it goes to production and they do whatever with it. Um, it's an oddly fun job. It is very time consuming, but in the best ways. And you need to have patience with it. You need to have good hand-eye coordination with it and just appreciation of the plant. I've seen some of my friends who, you know, grow on their own. I've seen how they clean up their weed and it's horrendous. And they want to do what I do. And I'm like, you can't because how you trim your weed is disgusting. And you wouldn't like how we trim, up, trim ours because it would take too much time. And I mean that in the loveliest of ways. But sometimes when we cut the plant down, it doesn't go to the dry room. We end up shucking it right then and there while it's still like wet. Think of when you go to like rip a branch off a tree and the tree isn't dead. It's really hard and it strings and you can see the green left in the branch. Um, We will shuck it and it will go right to the lab for fresh frozen And that's where they'll make a lot of the butters. And that's when it will say like live butter, live batter, live vape, live juice. Because the plant was taken live and fresh frozen. Kind of like a frozen vegetable. You know, they pick the vegetable, flash steam it, flash freeze it, put it in a bag. You buy it. Throw it in your microwave. Heat it up. And that's that. But that's really like the gist of what I do at my job. We have to weigh everything. We weigh out any material we get rid of because that's what the state wants. So we have to abide by it. Like any job has certain laws they have to follow. We always have to do an inventory at the end of the every month and update the inventory, make sure everything's correct, adjust if needed, and figure out why we had to adjust it. Oh, you know, it was written down wrong or we sold that and we never updated it in our system I don't handle that but I'd love to it's really cool and um, my job's pretty neat it's fun I like it Um, it's repetitive but I don't mind that it is ever-changing in the industry so we are changing things a lot but coming from the retail world and working 15 years in it that's always ever-changing even though it's still consistent And at any job, you're going to have that. You're going to have major changes, but then it's still consistent. And um, I love it. Again, I don't consume cannabis, but I love it. And after meeting, I I work with potheads. And I mean that in the best of ways. I work with potheads. And they're all super nice, funny. Um, They love their jobs, which makes me love mine and makes me appreciate what I do but i work i work with them i've seen i've seen how it's created and i never had an issue with weed before when it was you know the talks of it were about getting it legalized i have friends who were adamant about like no i don't want anyone to smoke it regardless if it was for medical reasons i don't want anyone to smoke it i don't think they should it's a drug Yes, it's a drug, but it is not cocaine, you know. It's not necessarily going to ruin people's lives. Other drugs will ruin people's lives. This won't. So I voted for it in Massachusetts for it to become legal and then recreational because, like, people will find a way to smoke it. Why not now have it be regulated and then, like, the state is making a ton of money off it. If they've passed alcohol, which can ruin people's lives and other people's lives, you can pass marijuana. It's fine. It's okay. Um, I also looked that up, the statistic. And Elon University in 2021 did a survey of North Carolinians. And 51% of people voted that um, weed should be completely legalized. It did not specify if it meant legalized on a federal level, which means it would be legal across all 50 states, regardless, you know, kind of like gay marriages, but we're not going to get into that because that's also a very touchy topic. And then 73% of Carolinians only wanted it legal for medical use. Okay. It only takes 51% of things to pass. That's what happened in Massachusetts know a couple of people who didn't like it and I went, sorry, your vote didn't matter. And they're like, well, I think it should have. Well, you voted and you got outvoted. That's why we have our kind of lovely system of that. There are currently over 40,000 people that are incarcerated for cannabis-related crimes in the United States, which is fucking wild since now quite a few states a lot of states, I want to say majority of states now, weed is legal in one way or another. That is wild. I understand if you were transporting tons and tons of weed illegally, yes, you should be arrested. If you had an eighth in your pocket and you were arrested, no, that's that's silly since it is now legal in the majority of states. Those people should be let out of jail. That's fucking wild um at some point i do think federally it will be passed there are a couple states that you know we're going to have to get through first like texas i think it's only allowed medically it's going to take a little bit for it to get recreationally um texas florida i believe is the same way it might just be medically both those states um you know, the rest of the country is going to have to jump through hoops because those states are also just fucked up in general. They seem kind of terrible when it comes to uh, laws about certain things and people and actions. It's it's wild. Those two states seem really wild. Um, Oregon, they passed, like, misdemeanors if you have, like, magic mushrooms and fentanyl and cocaine and heroin. Like, so if they can do that, Texas, you can you can let people... You know, get a little high. Maybe if you let people smoke weed to chill out, your state wouldn't be as terrible. I don't know. I'm just, I'm throwing that out there. We're not, we're not going to talk about that here. Or not now, at least. That's all I really have for the episode today. Um, I can dive in deeper if you'd like me to. Let me know on Instagram. And if you could rate like and review the podcast wherever it is you stream it that would be amazing share it with your friends um that was a fun little episode i did not mind doing that research i learned something new and it was amazing i'm trying to think trying to think uh, if there's anything else i need to touch across no and if you are going to consume today on 420 just be safe about it if you can't drive and smoke don't drive and smoke have a designated driver You know, if you can, uh, maybe I wouldn't. Maybe wait till after work and, you know, rip one, blaze it up. We love that. You know, get an edible. um, Infuse your food. Buy a CBD. They make like CBD drinks. They're they're all right. You know, however you're going to consume, do it safely and um, however you want. I love that for you. And just have like a great 420. And bye.